Hello and welcome to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corbin and I am joined as always by my good friend Emmanuel. Emmanuel, how are you? Michael Corbin, do you know how wonderful it is when your team wins on a Thursday night by a thumping margin? You're just in a good mood for the whole weekend, for the rest of the week. You just sit back, you relax, you watch all the other teams and... Oh, it's a great place to be. I'm very well. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm good. You are talking of South's 38 nil drubbing of the third placed Parramatta Eels, and Emmanuel. I was sitting there and I was bamboozled. I was shocked. I was hoodwinked, like everyone else in the in rugby league world, except for a few, of how good Parramatta were this season. I was. I, w- I thought that they were a contender. We started this season by saying that they were our they were our favourites to win the competition. Mitchell Moses would be Clive Churchill. They would be the danger team all throughout the season, and they started the season well. And there were some doubters, namely Gus Gould, who were like, "It's all of a facade. They're not going to. They're not contenders." And Thursday night's game really showed that. Yeah, absolutely. I this I, I feel like they have not performed well as a team since that phenomenal game against the Roosters. Um, that was it was a big performance from them, but even then they couldn't match it with the Roosters at full strength. Uh, since then, it, it's been unconvincing. Um, they, they they've struggled. Um, they had that win against the Storm, fourteen nil. But as we discussed, um, it probably should have been more in the circumstances. Um, and so, yeah, I think 38 nil Souths, uh, under the master coach, managed to expose a lot of their problems. Um, the much-praised Parramatta pack was suddenly looking weak. Uh, Mitchell Moses um, was really show- given a bit of a masterclass by his opposite number seven in Adam Reynolds, who is in phenomenal form. Um, Dylan Brown's injury probably didn't help for them. But other than Gutherson in the back, I thought Parramatta's back five were... Um, very disappointing. Uh, it's it's crazy that and these things really come to light when a team is struggling. I mean, and they're struggling in third place. In fairness, but it, it's crazy that we are what uh, going into round seventeen. Parramatta's been pretty see, sitting pretty in the top four all year, and Blake Ferguson has not crossed the line once. I mean that that says so much about how they're scoring points and and what they're doing with teams. And, you know, this has been a team really built more on defence. They had the best defensive record. And when you're relying so much on defence and struggling to, to put points, pressure into points, a 38-0 drubbing really expo- exposes your biggest flaw. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Fergo. I think he is very lucky to be in the team at the moment. He not only has he hasn't crossed the line, but in defence... He was picked apart. He got stepped about four or five times on the week on Thursday night. And I want—I do want to touch on Parramatta's attack. Now, I watched this game very intently and I've watched Parramatta closely all year because I thought that they would be a good team. And one thing I've noticed is they do these really long passes, especially when they're on the opponent's goal line. And when you do these long passes, you, all you're doing is giving the defense an opportunity to slide. And it creates no opportunity for attack. These players are getting the ball on the back foot. The defense is already up in their face and they can't go anywhere. They have to rely on inside passes to try and, you know, create some sort of 
uh, attack, uh, some sort of gap or anything like that. And it's, I don't know. I, I watched, I then watched the Friday night game. And after the Roosters game, Freddie and Gal actually highlighted how the Roosters use short passing to create overlaps and a, a create attacking, attacking pressure. And it's a complete opposite to what Parramatta are doing at the moment. And I, it doesn't seem like it's worked. Their, their attack has been stale all year. They've struggled to score points. And I think their passing on their uh, on their opponent's line is their big reason. They need, to, they need to slow it down. All they're trying to do straight away is get the ball into Mitchell Moses' hands, who's standing 30 metres away from the play of the ball. Use hands. Get your forwards involved. You have, you have great forwards who can pass in terms of Madison and Junior Paulo. And, yeah, they... They really need a revamp of their attack, in my opinion. Yeah, they do. And I, look, I think all this stuff in a, in a game like this, it can really expose all your problems and help you plug the gaps in the weeks ahead. I, I really think uh, Parramatta had a chance late in the game, uh, and Sean Lane just got stuck in no man's land on the on the um, Parramatta try line. Sorry, on the South try line as Parramatta were attacking and gets caught. In between, um, I think it was was it Madison trying to score and Cody Walker tackling, and he just looks so lost there. Now this is a hold team on, that I'm gonna, practices. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop on that one. Sean Lane passed that ball. Yeah, that's not an obstruction. If you pass an obstruction, ball, where are you supposed to go? Um, like yeah. I know you call up that play, but if you pass the ball, where are you supposed to go? You're supposed to disappear out of thin air. He passed the yeah. ball. Yeah. No, that's, move that's towards the dead ball line. Move towards the dead ball line. Don't back don't back into the player that's trying to make the tackle and play dumb. The player move ran, in any the other ran, direction. The player ran back into him. It wasn't his fault. The no. player ran back in his direction. But that is his fault because the way the game is being read, as soon as a player runs in, it's classified as an obstruction. The player's playing to the rules as they're interpreted. I don't think that's an obstruction. I think if you pass the ball, you can't disappear. It's not like you've ran now, through the line. But... Now, yeah. speaking of speaking of obstructions, uh, there's also something else to come out of this game. If Jared Sutton had bothered to call obstruction earlier rather than wait for Parramatta to run 40 metres, um, ground the ball, and for Jackson Paulo to land on Latrell Mitchell's hamstring, it could be a very different season for the South. So, um, it could be. <laughs> there's obviously, obviously ramifications to come out of that for Parramatta. Huge ramifications to come out of that for Parramatta, I think. Um, it's really going to lay a lot of question marks for them. 38-0 is a huge score. There wasn't, there wasn't a penalty. Um, they, keep, they didn't score a try. It, it just a lot of questions, a, a lot of heads to be turning, I think. And we all know that the big game is coming up uh, next weekend against Penrith. Um, so Parramatta have to recalibrate very, very quickly. Now, their opponents' courts this weekend are the Warriors, who are yep. fast becoming... The story of the season, out of nowhere, they've signed Phil Gould as a consultant. They got rid of their coach. They've appointed Nathan Brown. Todd Payton is acting. Uh, they've cleared out some players. Um, and all of a sudden, they are sitting in ninth. They're five and five in their last 10 games. They've won their last two. And they take on uh, Parramatta this weekend on Sunday afternoon on Channel 9 from the Central Coast. Now, I never thought I'd be so excited for this kind of game, but I really think that there is an upset on the cards here. Yeah. Uh, we kind of, we, last week, we went through the top eight and we kind of disregarded any of the teams below that because we didn't think they stood a chance. But 
if there is one team who's pushing for it, it's the Warriors. They've won four of their last five. Uh, they've looked really good. Uh, one of those, I think one of those losses was to the Roosters. It was a really close, tight, it was a really tight game. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're playing with a lot of heart. Rogers, Rogers back in try scoring form. He got a double on the weekend after, I think he didn't score for the first 15 rounds of the competition or something like that. So yeah, yeah they're, they're looking good. Their halves are playing well. Their forward pack, Torhu Harris, has been phenomenal for them all season. Uh, and I'm really liking what I've seen. And Todd Payton seems to have been rewarded for their su- success. He turned down the Warriors job. And you wonder why would you turn down an NRL head coaching job? Uh, might have been something else in the pipeline. And it looks like he could be getting the Cowboys job. Uh, so he's being, he looks like he's going to be rewarded for the Warriors play. And good on him. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really, I'm, it's really awesome. Um, it, it's just, I mean, we've discussed this so many times. When the Warriors do well, like, no, everyone gets behind it. They're just a very interesting team to watch. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're massive outsiders this week. Everyone's expecting Parramatta to bounce back. But, you know, they're sitting, uh, what is it, four points outside the top eight. Um, Cronulla is sitting on 18 points. The Warriors on 14 um, so if the Warriors can sort of keep Cronulla they, on their toes... They play each other next week. Yes, they do play each other next week. And this week, Newcastle, who sit in seventh on 19 points, play Cronulla in eighth, So, mm-hmm. um, or who are on 18. So if the Warriors win, they are either sitting three points or two points behind whoever's sitting eighth based on whether Cronulla or Newcastle win. So it yep. uh, keeps things interesting. And just as we thought the top eight was settled, the Warriors have leapfrogged everyone um, and are sitting in ninth, which I think is a really nice story in the back end of the season. Now, Corbs, this weekend is a massive weekend. Massive weekend for yeah. the top eight uh, and for the shape of the ladder. There are... Uh, a stack of games that are going to have bearings on the makeup of the top eight. Four, uh, in fact. So um, just having a look, we've got seventh playing eighth, the Knights and the Sharks. The Rabbitohs in sixth play the Storm in second. Uh, and then you've got the grand final rematch in Canberra, fifth versus fourth, Raiders and Roosters. And then that uh, Warriors-Eels game we alluded to before. So um, very, very close. Um, and you also have Penrith, who are playing the Broncos on Thursday night. Uh, and that could absolute, be an absolute pile-on. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, let's, let's get straight into round 17. I messaged you yesterday, first time I had a look at this week. This has to be the toughest round of the year to tip so far, um, other than the first game of the round, which is Panthers versus Broncos. Every single game... Could go either way, in my opinion. There's no clear-cut favourite. So that first game, uh, Broncos versus Panthers up at Suncorp Stadium, 7.50 Thursday night. Uh, It's a pretty easy one for, I think, everyone. If you're not tipping the Panthers, you're doing something wrong. Uh, They've won 12 in a row now, I believe. 11. 11. It's going to be 12. It's going to be 12 in a few days. Uh, credit to the Broncos for improving against their last performance against the Roosters. They only let him 58 points this time. But yeah, Panthers for me in a drubbing. Yeah, same for me. Um, team changes for the Broncos. Haas, Isaac Luke and Corio to all return. 
Farnworth to the centres, Kahu's out, Pakes drops to the bench, Brody Croft is out of the 17, and Offengawi is suspended. Uh, for Penrith, Kikau returns from suspension, um, but Isaiah Yo is out due to a head knock. Uh, Leota is a prop, Fisher Harris in 13, and Tyrone May reverting to the pine. Uh, Kurt Capewell returns from a knee injury in place of Billy Burns, um, while Coruscant is a chance of coming back from a calf strain after being named in Jersey 18. Um, regardless of all those changes, I think Penrith by a very, very long margin. Yep. Uh, I would be a little concerned about that head knock for Isaiah Yo for the Panthers. He's had a he's had a history of concussions, and I wouldn't be surprised if they err on the side of caution and take you know a sort of a roosters approach and rest him probably till maybe the last week before the finals, last week before the playoffs, uh, just to give him some rest, get that head clear because he looked very wobbly on the weekend. Yep. Now, Friday night, bumper night, uh, two games with massive bearings on the top eight. Um, Knights and Sharks Friday at 6 p.m. in Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle were disappointing, to say the, to say the least, last week. Um, for the Knights, two changes to the bench. Phoenix Crossland replacing Randall and Brody Jones in for the suspended solo. Um, for Cronulla, Chad Townsend returns. Connor Tracy's on the bench and Fafita to the reserves. Uh, Michael, this is a very tough game to choose. I just, Newcastle are just really concerning once again this time of year. They've just, uh, Cronulla, are in, Cronulla are in much better form. The Knights are five and five. Um, we spoke a few weeks ago about Newcastle having a dream run home just to, to, to capitalise and potentially get a top four. Um, they're now sitting in seventh um, and five wins and five losses from their last 10. Cronulla is seven and three. Um, and I kind of back Cronulla to get it done here. Uh, I am going the Knights. The reason is there's no Sean Johnson, first of all. And the other reason is the the Sharks are still have not beat a top eight team this year. So, yeah, they've been playing well. They've got a really tough stretch coming up. And, uh, you know, Matt Moylan's been dropped from this side. He doesn't look like he's coming back. I just, I don't think they have enough in them, the Sharks. Not without Johnson. And the Knights seem to bounce back from big losses like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Knights. I don't feel confident about it. I didn't feel confident, confident about uh, tipping them last week. And that, uh, you know, Warriors destroyed them. But... They they would have been really disappointed with their performance last week, and I could see them bouncing back. The big game, Friday night, 7.55, South Sydney in sixth place, up against Melbourne in second place. Um, Jesus, a big game. So for South, Alex Johnson returns from that head knock, um, which he sustained in the Manly game, um, and will play at fullback with Luttrell gone from the season with the hammy. Um, Gagai is returning from a hamstring strain as well in the replace of Stephen Masters, um, who I really liked watching play, by the way. Can we just, I just want to give him a bit of a wrap because he's a, he's a gun. He was that absolutely flick awesome. That flick, that pass, flick pass was fantastic. The confidence, yeah. the confidence he plays with, and he's a, he's a solid, solid unit. So yeah. love to see more of him. Um, and then for the Storm, Brenko Lee uh, replaces um, Sevi at centre. 
Uh, Lewis starts in the back row. And Nelson Asofa-Solomona is out with a calf strain. Um, Riley Jax is on the bench. Michael, who you got? Uh, Melbourne are a bit thin here. Um, Isaac Lumelu on the wing. I think Marion Seve is out for the season with an ACL injury, uh, which is unfortunate. They've also gone with two basically halves fullbacks on the bench with Nico Hines and Riley Jax, which I find very interesting. Jeez, it's a tough one. But without Luttrell, I'm going to go with Melbourne. Um, Smith's, Smith was incredible. It looked like, you know, he had two weeks off and it looked like he was, you know, played every game in 23 again. You can't stop. You can't stop them. They're, they're so good in the regular season. So I'm, st- I'm sticking with Melbourne. Uh, but I, I don't think it'll be... I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be really close. Yeah, look... Souths have come really close to Melbourne the last few years, but it's always been one man that can just find a way to get them out of it, uh, and that's Cameron Smith. I have to go, have to go Storm. I will be very happy if I get the tip. I will be even happier if I don't get the tip. So um, I'm going to go with Melbourne as well um, to wrap up a top two spot, which brings us to Saturday afternoon. Now, Michael, if if you supported a team, right, who was arch rivals with the Brisbane Broncos, okay, and you were playing a team that if they won would put your arch rivals, the Brisbane Broncos, on the bottom of the ladder, would that come into consideration? Because I'm thinking that the Gold Coast go into this game against the Bulldogs half thinking, you know, if we lose, Brisbane could get the wooden spoon. I look, the thought crossed my mind. I'm not going to lie. I saw this matchup and I'm like, is this the time? Can the Bulldogs finally get, pick themselves up off the bottom of the ladder? Will the Titans bend over to let their older brother, the Brisbane Broncos, fall down to last place? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, I think the Titans have looked good. Um, yeah. Really gutsy comeback against the Dragons. I, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of the Titans. I'm, I really am. I thought they've been really courageous the last couple of weeks. It's unfortunate because I can't see what other games Bulldogs are going to win. They've got they've got Manly next week. They've got Souths the week after, and they got Panthers in the last week. Now that Panthers matchup could be interesting because they could rest everyone if they've locked up top spot. But yeah, I I I'm going the Titans. I, I don't... At the way they're playing at the moment, I, just, I think they want to show to people that they can be a threat next year and they want to build on the momentum and carry it into next year. So bending over to let their older brother, the Broncos, fall to the bottom of the ladder doesn't seem in, in their character at the moment. No, I agree. Um, Bulldogs, oh, they just had chances last week. They were in the lead um, and then they didn't score a halftime point and invited Canberra back into that game. Very frustrating to watch. They just didn't have the talent there to capitalise on um, when um, Starling went into the sin bin for Canberra. So, um, you know, you just can't can't back them. They're sitting on the bottom of the ladder. Just don't have any confidence backing them. As you said, the Titans have been very impressive. Um, and I expect that they will get the job done this week. Now, for the um, Dogs, Thompson and Avarillo do return. Um, in place of Sione Katoa and Dean Britt. And for the Tigers, Fotuaika returns from suspension on the bench. 
uh, in place of Whitbread, while Arrow is a chance of coming back from a shoulder injury, um, which I find absolutely astounding considering the pain he looked like he was in when he sustained it a few weeks ago. Um, now, the 5.30 game is between two teams who probably wish this season would just come to an end. Um, the Seagulls and the Tigers, Lotto Land. Um, yeah, look. Um, for Manly, Ruben Garrick and Joel Thompson are out. Um, with Miski caught up on the wing, Kajewski starting in the back row and Waddell on the interchange. Uh, for the Tigers, Madge has moved Dewey to fullback, Embi's in as uh, from fullback to center, Embi's at fullback, Talau's being dropped for AJ Kapawa. Um, Josh Alloy returns at prop, Eisenhuth goes to the bench, Sean Bloor is out. You know, this week, Corbs. It's been really interesting. They've been talking about Michael Maguire and how players are struggling and feeling a bit threatened because they feel that their positions are constantly under threat. And it's like Michael Maguire is the premiership winning coach that played in the, that coached in the Melbourne system and understands and set standards. And this is a club that has not finished higher than ninth for the last nine seasons. And the players don't see what he's trying to do. It's fascinating. Yeah, uh, I laughed at this report. It's the players. The players are happy to point the finger at the coach, but not turn the finger on themselves. Uh, I I think this season is it's the season that Maguire needed to have at the Tigers, so that he can force the powers that be to let him completely revamp this roster, and it needs it. Unfortunately, it has cost Benji Marshall uh, his career at the Tigers. He has been unceremoniously shown the door. They put out a statement this afternoon saying he will not be part of our team next year. And I'm sure Benji can go on and if he wants to play on, he can definitely help some team somewhere next year. But yeah, it's, it's been a mess for the Tigers this year. They're going to lose Harry Grant to Melbourne, most likely. Um, and yeah, I... There's there's not a lot of positives there. They've moved Embi back to fullback. We know that hasn't been incredible in the past. I think Dewey is a centre, though. I don't think he is a fullback. So I think getting him reps there is a good thing. The player who really needs to go is Luke Brooks. I think he just needs a new situation. Um, I'm tipping Manly in this one, unconvincingly. Uh, like I said, this round is so tough. I just think that... Uh, with what's going on at the Tigers at the moment, the players are down, the morale is down, and I think the Manly Sea Eagles can capitalise on that. Yeah, I'm going to tip Manly too, only because it's Brookvale Oval. It's just They've got a bit more talent in their side. I mean, they are very depleted. Uh, with Garrick and, John, and Thompson out too, it's, it's a real blow. But, you know, this is a... I think the Tigers are a team still really struggling from the from their... Um, the raids um, by, you know, the the raids where um, they lost Tedesco, Moses and Woods really, and they got stuck with Luke Brooks. And they, they just, they're a team that just absolutely struggles to attract talent. Um, they don't really get big name signings um, that they need. Uh, and Michael Maguire really has to clear out the underperforming players and the Deadwood and develop some talent uh, and bring people in in the meantime that can really help out and, and give the club a bit of show of face. So 
Um, I've been quite positive about them most of the year, but the last few weeks, it's really come home to roost. So, look, I'm going Manly. Uh, Dez, will, Dez will get the win, I think. Yeah, I agree. Now, 7.35, down in Canberra, cold Saturday night, grand final rematch, Raiders hosting the Roosters, and... I look at that Roosters team list, and my God, I'm happy. Look at the names. Tedesco, Tupu, Morris, Manu, Morris, Kiri, Flanagan. Backline is back, fully healthy. Uh, the forward pack looks good. we got Cord in the back. Satili Tupanua coming off a huge game on the weekend. Sonny Bill Williams named in 17, making his NRL comeback. We have Angus Crichton and Mitchell Orbison on the bench as well. The Roosters are almost full strength. Uh, other than Radley, basically everyone's back. And I I think this is where the Roosters, you know, flex their, flex their legs, flap their wings, and show the competition that the three-peat is on. For those of you that just tuned in, you're not listening to Roosters Radio. Uh, I will run through the Raiders <laughs> team list. <laughs> you, are, you are aware that there are two teams in a game. Just from, want to remind you, Corbs. Uh, yeah. So for the Raiders, who are at home, uh, Josh Papali and Havili return to the run on side. Dinamis Louis and Starling are back to the bench. Harry Wiranaira returns in place of Matt Timoko. Um, Michael Corbin has run you through the changes. Uh, Sonny Bill Williams, of course, making his long-awaited uh, return to the Tricolours. Now, the team on the left looks like a, a team that's been robbed in last year's premiership. And the team on the right looks like a, a team of the decade kind of thing of just... But then you realise that somehow both are fitting under the salary cap. Let's not go into that. Um, look, I thought Canberra... Roosters obviously had that training run against the Broncos last week. But I thought Canberra uh, were really good. They've shown they can get out of tricky situations. Um, Jack Wyden and George Williams were awesome. Absolutely awesome to watch. Um, and Clockstad and Kotrick um, did quite well as well. Uh, John Bateman is back in the side. He's, he looks to be pretty good, but it's, it's really, for me, Canberra's halves. Just very impressive, running with the ball. Whiten scored a couple of tries. It creates something out of nothing. Um, obviously, the Roosters are getting close to full strength, probably timed for this game. Um, but it might take a couple of weeks for them to get match fit. I know that you're tipping the Roosters, obviously. I think I'm going to go with the home team here. Um, they've been in them once this year. Uh, at the time, the Roosters were a bit underdone, but um, Canberra were a bit out of form as well and have really brought them sort of back in. Um, so this is, of course, uh, fourth versus fifth. Um, both teams are sitting on 22 points, 11 wins, five losses. The Roosters have a much better for and against and but very evenly matched. Both sides are five and three at home, six and two away, and four and one of their last five, and seven and three from their last ten. Um, yeah, look, I'm going Canberra, but um, I actually think that both teams could end up chasing down Parramatta. So a, a mm. Parramatta could could slip outside the um, four. I've just realised. So yep. um, watch this space. But Raiders for me. Uh, I could also see Tom Starling starting at nine. He did last week. He really wasn't injured. He just got dropped back to the bench. And Starling basically played the full 80 at hooker, which I think is probably their best bet going forward and have Havili come on as a middle forward. 
Um, so yeah, uh, watch for that to happen. Uh, yeah, could be very interesting. Limited minutes for Sonny, I think. If he does play, there was concerns that he might not make uh, be fit for this game. Um, but I could see, I could only see him playing 20, 30 minutes off the bench. Should be a really good game, though. Uh, really, these two always show up. It's always a gritty contest. Last time, uh, I think Canberra won by four points. It was really close. Uh, and it was really, really tough contest, which is what you expect out of these two. So if you're not doing anything Saturday night, tune in because this will be an absolute cracker. All right. Sunday afternoon, 4.05 p.m., Eels versus the Warriors. We mentioned this game a little earlier. Um, Eels coming off that huge loss. Warriors off that huge win. Fighting to make the eight. Can they do it, Emmanuel? Can they beat the third-place Eels? Ooh. Yes, they can. I'm wow. going for... Yeah, right. I know. Right. Um, so George Jennings and Daniel Alvaro have both been loaned by Parramatta to the Warriors. Uh, and Katoa is out with a hand injury. Uh, Gerard Bill comes in on the wing, Murchie in the back row, and Curran and Isaiah Papali join um, the bench for Parramatta. And this is why I think they, that they could win, Corbs. Jai Field comes in at 5'8 after Dylan Brown got injured, and Nakora returns from suspension in place of Andrew Davey on the bench. I reckon this puts a lot of pressure on a Mitchell Moses who's not handling pressure that well at the moment. Uh, and I think that a, a Warriors team that, that's got a bit of confidence, a Parramatta team that will be searching for answers, um, they're a real danger here um, of losing this game. I'm going with the Warriors. Uh, I found it interesting that the Warriors could not actually name 21 players. I'm going Parramatta. I think they're going to bounce back. I, would, I'd lo- I love the Warriors' fairy tale story, making the eight after you know being removed from their country and having to live in Australia. Uh, there's too much talent on this Parramatta team for me to, you know, and I've seen, I've seen them do it this year. I've seen them win. So I'm, I'm sticking with Parra, uh, but it would not surprise me if the Warriors win, not at all. Yeah. Um, and that brings us into the final game of the round. Sunday night, 6.30 from Townsville. Uh, the Cowboys play the Dragons, 14th host 10th. For the Cowboys, um, Clifford is recalled in place of Morgan, who's out again. Um, Tabuai Fido is back from a hamstring strain. Holmes returns to fullback. Drinkwater to 5'8". RC to the interchange and Granville making way. Isan Masters is recalled at centre. Um, Gavin Cooper returns in the back row with Hess suspended. Um, Tyrrell Fumayono uh, returns for St. George in place of Trent Merrin. Michael, I feel like Reading out the changes in the Cowboys has always been the longest list of changes of every team for every round this season. And I really think it just it just sums up their predicament right now. They're a bit all over the shop. Um, they're settled on their coach, but you know, they're just they haven't they've just been so disappointing this season. Um, they've really been lumped towards the bottom of the ladder. Um, they are on a terrible, terrible um, terrible, terrible um, for and against. They, they just, they just seem to be anchored down there all year. Um, really, just uninspiring from them. The St George haven't been much better. Jeez, um, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yep, sure is. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go the Cowboys. I just criticized the crap out of them, and I'm gonna tip them. <laughs> All right, I'm going the Dragons. They've looked better in the last couple of weeks than the tie. The Cowboys have. I just, I refuse to tip the Cowboys. I don't know what I'm gonna get out of them. Uh, Val Holmes is back at fullback. That didn't work at the start of the year. Interesting that Billy Britton's on the bench again. Fantasy owners would not want to see that because Ben Hunt got a bit of a spell last weekend. Yeah, I, I think I think the Cowboys, I think the Dragons have a bit more talent, a bit more heart. And without Tamalolo, it, it makes it impossible for me to even consider the, uh, consider the Cowboys. So I am going the Dragons. We've got a few different this week, Emmanuel. No, I think I might change the Dragons. <laughs> Oh, I'm changing St. George. You, you just convinced me. All right, so let's go through them. Um, we both expect Penrith to beat Brisbane. Um, you've tipped the Knights. I've tipped Cronulla. Um, we both think that um, Melbourne would be too good for Souths. We both think the Titans would be too good for the Dogs. We both think um, Manly to beat the Tigers at Brookie. I've gone the Raiders. You've gone the Chooks. I've gone the Warriors, you've gone the Eels, and we've both gone the Dragons to win in Townsville. Now, yep. Michael, in, yep. interesting stat of the week for you. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Parramatta have a really incredible record of holding a team to nil one week and then losing to nil the next? Really? It's happened to them the last two weeks. And do you know the most recent time it happened? No, no idea. 2019 finals. They pumped Brisbane and then got pumped in Melbourne. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it can happen. Yeah. It, it can, can happen. happen. Especially this team, the ups and downs. All right, Emmanuel, that's downs. it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> we're done for the week. Uh, I think it should be a really interesting round of football. As we said, seven games that could go either way in one game where... If it goes the other way, I will be completely gobsmacked. Please don't forget to follow us on Instagram, How Good Is Rugby League, and Twitter, How Good Is RL. Uh, constantly tweeting and putting up stuff on Insta. Uh, so please give us a follow. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And yeah, that is it. Emmanuel, I'll leave you with this How Good Is Rugby League? How Good Is Rugby League? Have a good week. Thanks, guys.